This is Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Every episode, we take a closer look at companies who are getting customer experience right from over the phone, social, apps, or in person. There are some companies that are just really good at this. What are they doing differently to make great customer experience happen? Listen in and find out. Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast starts now. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. This show is the COVID-19 edition. (laughs) And today we take a deep dive into AI and customer service in the time of a global pandemic. And yep, I never thought I would say those words when I first launched this podcast a few years ago. As I record this introduction from my home in Toronto, where I've been for the past, oh, five, six weeks or so, the world is in the grip of the coronavirus. And while the health effects have been catastrophic, the global economic impact is also entirely unprecedented. So we have lots of questions for our governments and our banks and our insurance companies. And we're all picking up the phone or we're all sending emails all at the same time. Recently here in North America, particularly in the United States, there have been stories about how people just cannot get in touch with their local governments to file their unemployment claims. They've been unable to get in touch with airlines to change travel arrangements, or if they can get through, they have to wait on hold for literally hours. And why is that? Well, it's because the agents in the contact centers are at home, where they should be, and routing those calls to those agents at home, along with getting them access to the right computer applications while maintaining security, is no easy task, especially if a government agency has minimal contact center experience to begin with. Simply put, it's a customer experience disaster, which is why my guests and today's topic are so timely. What if thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of customers could all contact their airline or their bank or their government at the same time and still get through right away and have all their questions answered without waiting? And what if the answers they received were consistent and accurate? Well, guess what? That's entirely possible. And my guest, Henry Iverson, makes that happen. Henry Iverson is the chief commercial officer and co-founder of a company called Boost AI. Boost AI is based in Norway and is one of the leading conversational AI developers in the world. And we're also joined by Ramton Matten, lead technological strategist at one of Boost AI's clients, SR Bank, also known as Sparebank One, based in Norway. SR Bank dates back to 1839 when its first branch was established. And since that time, SR Bank has developed a proud tradition of helping Norway's farmers by providing them credit to help them grow their businesses. SR Bank has been a big part of the growth and stability of the Norway economy for the past 180 years. Currently, they employ about 1,300 people. Our guest from that bank, Ramton, is definitely an authority on implementing technology that helps drive efficiency while maintaining the company vision. And this is exactly what we're talking about today. We recorded our conversation via audio conference, just as the COVID pandemic was beginning to take hold. And in our conversation, we got to talk about SR Bank's amazing sense of obligation to their customers during the COVID-19 pandemic and how Boost AI has helped them maintain their customer focus. Underpinning this entire conversation is the idea that the latest technology can help maintain a remarkable customer commitment that spans many, many generations. We begin our conversation with Henry giving us a background of the genesis of Boost AI. And then it's over to Rampton and a look at how SR Bank has leveraged Boost AI during these times and how it will use AI 
in the future. And now it's over to Boost AI's CCO and co-founder, Henry Iverson, on the origins of Boost AI. Boost AI is a company specialized in conversational AI for enterprises. So typically we work with a lot with uh, companies within the financial sector, the public sector, and so on. Uh, so what we do for them is we build virtual agents that automate uh, customer service, internal support channels, but also enhance human efficiency. Uh, and that way we are able to kind of save costs for the companies, but also drive revenue. Uh, we kind of uh, come out from the Nordics. The coolest thing about being in the Nordics, a lot of companies that are really tech savvy and also the customer are really engaged in the chat channel, which is kind of the easiest channel to automate. Um, and now we have expanded our kind of operation and uh, reach to the U.S. market as well, where we have an office located in uh, Los Angeles. Got it. And Ramton, if we can talk a little bit about conversational AI, the whole idea of using, we're going to say chatbots, but I think that even minimizes what we're talking about today. What do you think? I totally agree. That's why we usually use the term virtual assistants, because I, it encompasses much more what the vision is when we want to use this type of technology. And for us, it has really been uh, firstly about uh, creating economies of scale uh, and being able to to handle the, the vast amount of interactions that we're getting from our customers uh, and clients. As Henrik men uh, Henry mentions, people in, in the Nordics are very digital, uh, some of the most digital societies uh, in the world, and obviously they want to communicate through digital channels. And we need to be able to, to handle the volumes that uh, are we're seeing from that side of the world. So yeah, conversational AI basically has helped us to uh, handle much of those volumes. So I'm gonna post this question to both of you. Share with me a little bit of the state of AI in general. You know, we hear that term so often and there's probably, you know, if there's 15,000 people listening to this conversation all over the world, there's probably 15,000 definitions of what AI is. So Henry, I'm sort of gonna glance at you right now. What would you say AI is today? Yeah, that's a good question. And like AI could be so much and there's kind of a lot of hype and expectation to AI in general. And I think in many ways, people have been a little bit disappointed of the AI field in kind of general. <laughs> uh, what we work with in AI is kind of a subdomain, which is more handling the conversation, handling NLP, natural language processing, natural language understanding, which basically means that we are replicating the human in a conversation. So that could be either through uh, um, uh, chat uh, or through voice, for example. Um, and of course, with all kind of this expectation in the market, people expect that AI can come to you and just do all the work and you can go home. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that the plan? That would be, Isn't yeah, that that would be really ideal. And we're actually taking a lot of steps now. <laughs> like if you look at developing this technology the last years, it's kind of, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Because there's a lot of kind of more simpler technology out there, which kind of more relies on the rule-based. Yes. They kind of uh, look at pattern more, which are defined as human. Like if you see this word together with this word, it has this meaning. What the AI does, of course, it should be able to have self-learning capabilities. Uh, so in our technology, we're able to build out the model and help and support the humans in the effort of building the AI. So. What we have seen in kind of typical AI is because there is still uh, work to be done, but what we can do and what we are doing is having the human um, being more a quality assurance uh, and a prover within the model. It's almost like if we have a, um, a self-driving automobile, 
the driver is still present to be aware and ready to step in, but the car is still is driving itself. Yeah, and that's uh, that, that, that's a good analogy for it. And, and and I think we get more and more self-learning as we go forward. This is just the start of this technology. And as what we have seen in the market, this kind of we are still in early days in many ways, even if the Nordics are maybe in a year or two uh, in front of, of um, a lot of other key markets. But we're definitely going in a direction where the AI are more self-learning, are capable of suggesting information from you. And I know uh, Ramtin and Essabank is working with the really exciting projects now about um, authorizing their uh, bot banky as a financial advisor, which I think huh. really shows kind of the potential of this technology. Really interesting. And Rampton, I'd love to sort of glance over at you right now and get a sense of your journey as you were considering all of the options out there. I guess from the chatbot that had, if they say that, then we will say this sort of algorithm to something that really actually demonstrates self-learning. Can you share with me a little bit about your journey that ultimately landed you with Boost AI? Yeah, so the roots of the problem was a business problem, basically. We saw that the volumes in our customer service center were, were rising steadily. And regardless of what we were trying to do, uh, we weren't able to bring those volumes down. So we kind of came to peace with, all right, if people and our customers are actually interacting more digitally with us, then we need to use different types of tools to handle these types of volume. And, and, and this is basically where, where AI came into the picture because um, as part of our accelerator program, we uh, stated that we had this business problem we wanted to solve. And this is where uh, Henry and, and his co-founders actually came into the picture with this exciting technology and being able to, to solve this from a perspective that we, we haven't seen that before because going from a rule-based uh, approach to a more uh, machine learning perspective on, on, on solving this problem, uh, we, we saw that this had the potential to, to become something quite big. And also pointing to, to, to what Henry is saying and, and your question on the general state on AI, usually we, we categorize AI within three different categories. We have what we call a weak AI, uh, which is basically the state of AI and what humankind in some has has achieved in total so everything from self-driving cars to nlp uh, image uh, recognition computer vision uh, all this is within that category then we have the general intelligence artificial general intelligence which is basically the level above it it doesn't quite exist yet uh, people have approached it a bit but we haven't we haven't reached that state yet and and that is mostly referenced in, in, in science fiction movies and so on. And then we have the third level, which is artificial superintelligence, which is really talking about a singularity uh, and how machines are working together to, to achieve an overall goal. So when you look at what we are able to achieve in the first level of artificial weak intelligence, so to speak, it is quite impressive that we, we are able to utilize this technology to get so, so high ROI on, on today's problems, which is quite interesting. It's really interesting. And I want to touch on something that you mentioned. That was a great explanation. Thanks for that. I want to touch on something that you mentioned a little bit early in that where you 
notice that your service levels, and for those who are listening who might not be familiar with that term, be the amount of people who attempt to contact your organization through the contact center or through however means, and they're just not able to get through or not able to get through in a timely way. Were your service levels, if I may ask, was that people calling you on the phone or were they click to chat or in what way were they expressing their intent to contact you before you introduced the AI solution? So um, like many others, we have gradually uh, gone from emails to phone calls to human chat solutions and now uh, virtual chat solutions like like our, the ones that Boost uh, are providing. And, and the fact that they are moving in that direction says something about the maturity and how our customers are uh, behaving on the digital platforms. Because when digital channels become more and more integrated within society, uh, you expect different types of service levels. So uh, we all know that when we are interacting with our mobile devices, we instantly expect feedback somehow, either through the app or some type of messaging systems or events. So we have a completely different type of expectations when we use the mobile device from when we use the phone, for instance. And, and being able to provide and fulfill the expectations of the customers, we needed to look at this type of, uh, type of technology. So we see that when, when our customers uh, actually want to chat with us, they expect to sit in line or wait in line of a maximum of 60 seconds. If your customers are anything like me, if I'm on a website and I see a chat button, I might fill it out and then I'll wait a period of time and then I'll start doing, hello, hello, is anybody there? Because my expectation, as you described, is really high that I'm going to be serviced very, very quickly. And it's a little bit different from the voice. Would that be a correct statement? Definitely, most definitely. Um, when, when it comes to voice, we see that, yeah, it, you, you can wait some minutes, like five to 10 minutes uh, waiting in, uh, in, a, in a phone line. But when it comes to chat, it's maximum 60 seconds. And, and usually on average, it's more like 30 seconds. And that is when you're in a human chat, right? But, but when it comes to using this type of uh, virtual assistant technology, uh, the response is uh, immediate, which gives us a huge advantage. Absolutely. And I'm really curious about, and I've got so many questions for both of you. One thing that I do want to zero in on is the conversational or interaction vehicle that ultimately can lead to conversational AI through chat. And the first stage of that, you mentioned the first stage is, might be email, and then as it progresses, it might be voice. So there might be a lot of organizations that right now they're saying, oh, you know, that's fine. It's not appropriate for me though, because most of my customers prefer to call, they just do. What might you say, Remton, what might you say or what guidance might you provide to an organization who would like to develop a level so that they get to the point where they can benefit from conversational AI through chat? That is a really good question um, because we are a, a regional a national bank here in, in Norway. Uh, obviously, we have 180 years old uh, history. And, and of course, there are different uh, approaches to whether we should introduce this type of technology or not. Uh, and there are questions that we need to answer. For instance, will this compromise the level of quality we would usually have on the phones? It might. It might not. 
Um, and this is where, uh, where it gets quite interesting because we have developed this solution together with the customer. We have continuously been given the ability for the customer to give us feedback in real time so we know how we are performing constantly. And that is, in my opinion, a very important factor to consider when you're introducing new technology in, in customer-facing uh, services. So, so back to your question, if, if, if a company says that, yeah, our customers only want to speak on the phone, I would like to challenge that and ask, yeah, but have you actually asked your customers what their preferred channel is? Because maybe that will give you some kind of uh, enlightenment in terms of how your customers would like to speak with you. And if, and, if they, and if they actually say that, yeah, well, we actually do prefer the phone, well, that answers your, your question. Exactly, but at least give them the option. It, exactly. That's an excellent point for Ramtin. I think they did, did a really good job because when we started working with uh, Ramtin and Estabank, they didn't have a lot of chats. Kind of the, the number of chats they had were kind of quite low. It was still an increase in channel, but still the kind of phone was the most dominant uh, channel. So kind of what we typically do when we go into customers, kind of making sure that they realize that, okay, maybe we should ask our customer, do they want to have chat available? So kind of start off, off the optimizing on, on the channels you have today and the distribution of those could be kind of one way of getting started. But what we use all the time is to kind of challenge them to, to look uh, from a different view as, as the bank has done. In the start, you can have two options available. If you want to call us, fine. If you want to chat with us, that's also fine. And then basically the option. But what we have seen kind of when implying uh, uh, that uh, strategy, we have seen that kind of the chat is increasing with everyone. So even if you have a small uh, share on a, a percentage of chats today, we always expect it to rise when you make it available. And Henry, from your perspective, for an organization to be ready to work with you, what's their level of maturity on that continuum? Let's say it's a let's say it's an organization almost like the one we're talking about, where they would love to be able to bring in conversational AI, and yet they're at the stage where you know what, most of our customers are calling us. So we would like to give them the opportunity. Do you require a certain amount of text-based dialogue before you can get involved and introduce conversational AI to a company? Uh, so it's kind of our benefit is that we have a lot of pre-built uh, libraries for customers. So especially within the financial sector, public sector, telco, and so on, we already have a lot of pre-built um, knowledge we, which we can utilize. Uh, we also have the possibility to use our self-running AI to digest the chat log basically, and then build up a model by itself. So it kind of in less than 10 days, we can actually have a working model up and running. And the beneficial, <laughs> beneficial with that approach is of course that companies we don't have a lot of a lot of chats today can test and experiment without having that big cost or risk attached to it. I laughed when you said less than 10 days. That's less than the time it takes to recruit and train somebody, right? Yeah, correct. And kind of in this kind of times, the corona is definitely uh, giving a lot of our clients a lot of uh, traffic. There's a lot of spikes in traffic, everything from 50 to 500 percent. Um, and we're actually building a couple of Corona bots now for customers so they can be ready because like it's difficult to manage these, especially in these times with a lot of peaks. What, kind of, on one side, one side you have much more traffic and on the other side you also have people sitting home in quarantine which kind of brings a, a big issue for a lot of the companies. And do you think that, that this might escalate the speed with which organizations uh, adopt conversational AI because having lived through this once, 
it just might change the way they do business. It could maybe be kind of a catalyst to bring a little bit of urgency. Like we have seen some companies already now setting up uh, models so they can start answering their customers. I actually mm-hmm. um, I came back from the US now uh, last week, end of last week, and then I tried to get in reach my airline company, and I'm a pretty good customer there. But I there was how did how did that go? Uh, I waited for three hours in a telephone queue, and then just in the end, it just kind of dropped out, so I didn't get a response. So, so did they kept you on hold, and then they disconnected? They yeah. bounced your call? Yeah. yeah. So I was was not ready to sit three more hours. So on the homepage, they just basically say, sorry, we are not able to take any phone calls now. Try later. Which is kind of right. which is not a good customer experience. Oh, it's it's the worst customer experience imaginable, especially when you're not calling to dispute a service handling charge. You have a really serious question that you need an answer to. And Ramton, let's look at your experience now. We're you know we're talking. I'm sitting in Toronto. Uh, you're both in Norway. Globally, we're being impacted by the coronavirus. Um, Rampton, what is your bank's experience in? handling um, your inquiries with all of the impact that these times have and no doubt have had on your bank? And would you have been able to have the same experience without Boost AI? Yeah, so needless to say, this is a terrible situation for global communities to to be in. Uh, it, it is difficult for a lot of people. Here in Norway and in, the, in particular the western parts of Norway, a lot of people are are stressed out. They're insecure of what is going to happen with them, both from a health perspective, uh, which is why a lot of people currently are working from home. Uh, myself, uh, I'm in, in, in quarantine two weeks because I uh, travel outside of Norway. And that definitely sets stresses the organization and the society in total. So touching on, on, on what society in total is most concerned with right now is obviously the health part, but also uh, job security. Will I be able to pay my mortgage? Because uh, a lot of people are uh, being laid off due to lack of activity within the within the companies, which basically reduces their income. Um, and as a bank, we have a responsibility towards our customers and towards society to make sure that everyone gets through uh, in, in, in the best way. Uh, and we want to be there for the customer and be able to give them assurance that this is going to work fine. We don't want them to wait three hours in line <laughs> on the phone because this is already a stressful situation. So um, we have worked out a scenario where we want to provide them in, uh, in order to, to uh, give them some financial help uh, we have uh, chosen to freeze the mortgage payments in a period up to six months for those who might need it. But we can't let everyone call our contact centers because obviously they, you, you would wait in line. And this is where the technology really, really shines because uh, we're able to, to handle a lot of the inquiries through the virtual assistant. We're able to answer a lot of the questions through this uh, virtual assistant and, and basically inform the customer base how you can go about getting this mortgage-free um, period. And, and that is something that we actually see uh, good responses on because uh, we are he- helping our customer service center in trying to reduce the overall vol- volume in this period where we see a lot of peaks. Mm-hmm. 
And that was a very good overview of the emotional state of Norway and the world, really, in making sure that, like, how do we pay our bills? That's a really top of mind question that people are having. And I can imagine that lots of people the world over are contacting their financial institutions to figure out how they can reduce their monthly payments over the next three months or four months or six months so that they can make sure to get through this period safely. And it's amazing to me, as I just hear about your bank, that you're taking such a leadership position in helping your customers through that and also having the benefit of Boost AI to reduce wait times so that your customers can get to that information quickly. Definitely. And as we're speaking here, I just got some push notifications on my phone, which actually says that the amount of people who have been laid off the past four days exceeds what this region saw during the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. Wow. Wow. That really speaks to how important and how big this global crisis actually is and how society will react. Because when people stay at home and money doesn't circulate in society, this is basically the result. You, you, you kind of press the pause button on the overall economy. Um, and that is why governments and national banks all over the world are trying to help make sure that uh, we keep the wheel in motion. So glancing over to Henry now, how does it feel to know that as co-founder of Boost AI, your invention and your technology is having this kind of positive impact in what is a very unprecedented situation. Yeah, and as Ramton said, and you said, like, this is a really strange situation to be in, like us as a company as well, like Boost AI, most of our people are working from home. So it's a bit different work day for us, of course. Uh, I also work a lot with the US team. So we have like daily things. We make sure that we have like a water cooler room where we can meet out and hang out anyway, because we don't really know how this will kind of go, uh, go forward. And of course, we are kind of um, in a situation where we also kind of need to look at everything. But like being able to help our customer in this time is, of course, has uh, been a really good thing. And I think the team has been working around the clock now to make sure that everybody's getting the help they need. And just kind of there's so much information and uncertainty around these topics, both kind of how the coronavirus will kind of affect you the quarantine rules and so on, but also as uh, Ramton is saying here, like the financial side of it, what will happen to my loan? Uh, do I need more insurances or are I covered by this insurance or not? So there's so much information, which of course we need to be able to respond to. Agreed. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the scalability of your solution. Is it infinite? Where are the walls? Where are the limitations? <sighs> there's no really limitation. Like our virtualization can handle yeah, easily 1 million conversation each day, which I think should, should cover for most of the companies um, out there. We have seen spikes from everything from 50 to, yeah, 5 to 600% on the customer service. So there's definitely no uh, kind of no limitation. And of course, it would probably be a little bit more question in the start. But as I said, maybe the financial impact will also come a little bit later. A lot of questions in the, the first couple of weeks were about kind of uh, travel insurance and so on. And Ramton, what kind of spikes are you experiencing or have you experienced after implementing Boost.ai so you can have a sense of the overall impact of that solution? Um, well, the past three days has been a, a serious increase with at least uh, 60% going from day to day. 
And, and we have seen earlier, uh, prior to the corona crisis that we're um, having right now, that these digital uh, services are really good at introducing um, scale of economies. Because a lot of these digital services, sometimes they fall out. And the National Bank ID here in Norway was actually one of the cases that happened, I, I think it was uh, somewhere in, in August 2018, where they had some problems. And it, it was for some significant uh, amount of time. Obviously, when, when these type of authentication solutions, which you use to log into your e-banking solutions, when they go down, a lot of our customers are, are sitting back and thinking, what is going on? And usually they pick up the phone and contact. But what we were able to do was actually provide each and one customer with a response in real time when they tried to log into the e-banking solution with a clear explanation of what was going on because we had integrated that with the authentication solution, which basically uh, resulted in no one calling uh, our custom service center that actual day. I'm going to pause you right there because I just want to drill into that statement that you just made. There was a major situation where people couldn't log in and that resulted in no calls to the contact center because you were able to get ahead of that conversation curve. Exactly. That is exactly what happened. And what was interesting is this was on a Saturday. So we, we, we're not fully staffed on Saturday on Saturdays because usually the traffic is much lower. But Saturdays and in the weekends, people usually do personal stuff like uh, go through your financials, uh, clean out the house and stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of people use our solutions in the weekend. So it could have been the perfect storm, but it wasn't because we had this technology in place that handled a lot of the uh, inquiries that came through. And what was interesting is that the, the guys and girls who were on duty that day, they didn't notice that there was something wrong until the day after. Uh, that just proves how well this solution actually scaled in real time when the customer needed it. And that has been one of the success stories to this day, uh, which we keep bringing up to see how you actually can use your digital services to work for you. Uh, and this is a, just a really good example. That's amazing. So we're getting toward the end of our conversation and we could spend hours on this. And I know that a lot of people are probably, a lot of our listeners are leaning forward in their seats saying, that's pretty cool. So I'm going to ask each of you one last question, which is this one. Coronavirus notwithstanding, uh, let's say that's all behind us. Where do you see the next stage happening where Boost.ai can continue to add value and develop that particular space of conversational AI? So, Henry, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Uh, so what we have seen kind of that wave now and a lot of questions we also handle uh, during the, uh, the corona um, crisis is also that we kind of have FAQs kind of frequent last questions covered more like simple questions um, and of course what we are seeing now uh, companies are not only looking to save money but also to make money so basically generating revenue so a lot of the stuff we are seeing now and that is definitely a trend in the market in general that people expect to have kind of more deeper conversation uh, with the virtual agent, which means that you can um, make sure that you kind of have the, the right product mix uh, within the, the within your bank. You can make sure that you have the appropriate insurances in place and so on. Um, and also, in order to kind of to, to fulfill that vision, you also need to have really good conversation capabilities. 
So a lot of the, the FAQ bots are more kind of ask a question and get the response back, and then you're kind of done with the conversation. But in a, in a sales world, you definitely need to be able to keep track of the conversation and look look at it more like a process, basically. So meaning that you can actually have kind of off-topic question, and then of course make sure that you get back to the conversation and, and drive drive the conversation towards revenue, of course, in the end. And the kind of companies definitely want to make sure that they can also make money. Like a lot of people are searching online now, so a lot of the buying um, activities online. So that means that if I'm looking for insurance or a bank product, typically I go in and browse a lot of pages. And the time I spend for each of those pages is, yeah, it could be like five or 10 seconds maximum. And that's just kind of where really technology is important that you're able to capture that uh, visitor in that exact moment. And then we can continue the conversation. And that is really, really difficult to do kind of with, uh, with humans today. Rampton, from your end, um, as you, you've successfully deployed Boost uh, Conversational AI currently, what's the next step of how SR Bank can continue to leverage this technology for you? So we have had a strategy from, from day one to, to try to move this from a content bot, uh, which only provides information, to a utility bot. And that has really been one of the key differentiators in how you approach this type of technology. So we were one of the first banks who actually provided an end-to-end integration between this uh, virtual assistant and our core banking uh, solutions. And we want to continue going on that path because we see that the value creation that, that the customer benefits is when the virtual assistant can work for the customer doing financial um, and helping out with the financial uh, products and services, which has proven on and on that, that it really drives value for, uh, for the customer. So currently, we're looking at integrating more and more the, the financial products and the uh, core banking um, services in order to broaden out the, the entire scope of utility tasks that this virtual assistant can, can provide. So, so we're going to continue um, exploring that path because we, we re- firmly believe that this type of technology will play an even bigger role uh, in the future. Uh, We see it as a potential uh, to be able to replace uh, websites as we know it. If you look at the website technology, that has existed since the late 80s, early 90s, uh, and it's basically more or less uh, the same format. Um, Yeah, the pictures and the colors and, and the functionality has definitely improve, but it's overall the same mechanisms. So why not use virtual assistants to actually drive that transformation where you're able to let the technology work for you rather than, than the customer actually doing the efforts themselves. So that is that is a, a path we, we really want to explore. Very interesting. Well, thank you, Henry from Boost.ai and Rampton from SR Bank. Thank you for having us, Pat. It, uh, it has been a pleasure to speak with you, definitely. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Henry Iverson of Boost AI and Ramton Matan from SR Bank. As I mentioned in the introduction, I think that the combination of leading edge technology to help support generations old traditions is pretty incredible. Definitely a lot to think about. Thank you, Henry and Ramton, for joining the show. And thank you for listening to the COVID-19 edition of the Customer Experience Podcast. I'll be sure to leave contact information for Henry as well as a link to Boost AI in the show notes. I'm also going to leave a link to SR Bank. 
It's truly a remarkable institution. This has been Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Perdue. Be well, and I'll see you next time.